Welcome to Insider Coaching for Educators, where we explore the insider knowledge coaches gain from doing the work with diverse groups of teachers and educational leaders. Join us in mindfulness practice and conversation to delve into those pieces of insider knowledge that we've all learned along the way. Whether you've been coaching for one month or for 20 years, we're so glad you're here and are thrilled to be learning with and from you. Welcome to episode 10. Today, we're thrilled to introduce you to a longtime coach and mentor who Nicole and I have both had the joy of working with. Nicole chats with Heather Lott about how she supports instructional coaches and mentors. Their conversation reminds us just how important it is for coaches to be given the gift of time to seek out, learn from, and collaborate with other coaches. I know you'll enjoy this one. As we do in each episode, Nicole will lead us in a brief mindfulness practice at the start. Then, at the end of their conversation, Heather will share how we can all take action to tap into the wisdom of other coaches around us. Enjoy! For today's practice, we're going to do something very simple. It's going to be a three-minute practice. It will start with a check-in, and then we'll bring our attention simply to our breath and begin to expand our attention outward from our breath into the rest of our body. As usual, find yourself a comfortable seat. If it feels good to you or if it's safe, close your eyes. Use the time you have now to notice how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally, and how you feel mentally. There's not a right or a wrong feeling. Just be present with whatever is. Now bring your attention to rest specifically on your breath. Feeling the breath draw in through your nostrils as you inhale. And exit at the tip of your nose as you exhale. in and out in and out as you inhale now begin to expand your awareness from just your breath into your whole body. Exhale, feeling the entirety of yourself. Keep that up, bringing your awareness into all of yourself.
At the end of your next exhale, bring your hands to rest gently on top of your heart. Bow your head, honoring yourself for taking this time, for checking in. As you exhale, release your hands. Inhale, allow your eyes to float open. Please enjoy my conversation with Heather. Hi, I'm here today with Heather Lott, the Executive Director of the Dane County New Teacher Project and longtime instructional coach and wonderful human being. Uh, she's going to be talking to us a little bit about why it's important for coaches to have coaches and why it's important for coaches to have community and how they get supported in that way and, and all of that good stuff. So Heather, it's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I am delighted to be here. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, would you start out by just telling us a little bit about your coaching background? Sure. Um, you know, I started uh, with some work out of the classroom years ago um, at West High School in Madison. And there were no instructional coaches at that time. It just wasn't a position um, in our district anyway, that, or certainly not at my school. And so um, stepping out of the classroom, I was doing work um, with professional development for the school and for individuals who were interested in talking about their practice. Um, mostly it was thinking um, bigger picture, school-wide work, um, as uh, as it related to the work of a grant that our school had received to reorganize things. And that then sort of morphed into a, a real interest in professional development and a connection with the University of Wisconsin School of Education um, as part of their PDS program, Professional Development School program. So always with this interest in early career education and early, early career um, development and, and support of newer colleagues. Um, and that then um, morphed into some work at the district office in Madison, where I was um, supporting beginning teachers uh, coming into our district for a few years and uh, shifting then to a practice of instructional coaching at Memorial High School for a few years um, before stepping into this position now where I, um, I run this organization, which is so wonderful, whose main focus is around supporting beginning teachers and all of the people they work with so that our beginners find themselves in a place that is um, healthy and rich for them to grow as professionals. That's awesome. I And that is just for whatever sake. That's how I know you. That's how I met you through our work with the Dane County New Teacher Project. Yes, yes. And that work supports um, specifically uh, mentors and, and instructional coaches as they're um, learning how to be mentors and instructional coaches um, and pr providing for them the training and also ongoing support as they, um, as they continue in their work. Yeah, I know in uh, previous episodes, people have heard me talk about how valuable 
my time as a coach working with other coaches through the ongoing support that you all provided was. And we talked a little bit about loneliness in previous episodes. And that was one of the things that really helped me not feel nearly as lonely in my coaching role, knowing that I had a community that I got to see once a month and that we were all going through the same thing. It was, that was very, very helpful. So I very much appreciate that you were able to hold space for that and make that happen for us. It's so interesting. You say that, you know, um, coaches often find themselves in a um, position where they're the only one at their school um, or, or in some cases, if it's a small district, the only one in the district. And so finding your people, boy, that really matters. That's, that's important for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So talk to me a little bit about coaches being coached, your thoughts on that, how you've supported that. Yeah. Um, my, my sense just given the feedback I receive from people who come to some of, we call it a coach forum. That's our support for coaches. It meets monthly. Um, and we probably have between 70 and a hundred coaches in Dane County who come, uh, to that, to that forum that you were a part of and, um, that we so enjoyed your presence with. Um, so some feedback that I hear from them help, help me to understand how important it is for them to be there. Um, they, they regularly express that, um, they appreciate that gift of time together to sort of process, reflect, and talk to peers about the experience, um, that is a shared experience, even though it's at uh, multiple different, uh, schools and districts even. Um, People often express that it's nice to know they're not alone. It helps to normalize their experience and to to know, wow, there are a lot of people who are thinking about things the way I am or encountering some of the situations that I thought um, were so unique to me. Um, They love actually just the joy in spending time with other people who are like them. And then, you know, there's just that extra um, challenge of finding those people. And so it's rewarding to meet new people and share some strategies together to take back to work. Um, And whenever that kind of thing happens, it's, it's a back and forth where you might hear something from somebody else about something they tried. And also you have something to share too about something you tried. So it feels pretty good to be able to share something and receive something. Yeah, I, I loved how I felt leaving those meetings, like, and it was Friday afternoon. So you always feel a little lighter on a Friday afternoon, right? Like, that's just how they are. But I always felt so filled up, like, everything you said, I'm not alone in this. It's not me. I'm not doing something wrong. It's just the way the position is that these sorts of things happen. And, oh, gosh, like, this person who is a literacy coach with K2, you know, K2 grades had this great idea that I can take and use with one of my teams who are teaching juniors. Like I just loved the university universality of the conversations that we had. 
yeah, it's surprising sometimes to realize that um, it kind of doesn't matter what you t- what grade level you're working at. People are people. And so some and teachers are teachers and schools are schools, regardless of the grade level. Um, so some of those situations are, are very similar. And there's also value in talking with other people who coach at the same grade level that you do, because some of those things are pretty unique. And so, um, you know, having the chance to just run by somebody, how on earth do I, the one single coach at a high school, coach everybody at a high school? That's much different uh, when there are over a hundred staff sometimes at our high schools compared to a coach who might be working in an elementary school where there are far, far fewer grownups in the business. Yes. For sure. I think also, um, oh my gosh, you said something that made me think of something. And then I was doing such a good job of listening that I lost. (laughs) I'm sure it'll come back. (laughs) Oh, so during some of those meetings, we also coached each other and got feedback on our coaching and got the experience of being coached. And I imagine you intentionally did that. There are a few things that I try to keep in mind when I'm planning those forums. Um, And I've learned those things from colleagues at the new teacher center and also from um, my own coach, uh, Tom Howe, who put things together and whose position I inherited. Um, And so he works with me pretty regularly and I've learned so much. Um, So there are some things I keep in mind and um, really each agenda kind of looks the same. You know, we always begin like we begin any, any connection with other humans with a chance to just connect as humans. So that connect and um, including each other and honoring all voices, that's important to build community and honor the humanity of our work. Um, When we're in person that involves eating a meal together when we're remote, like we have been, um, uh, for the last while and on and off, even this year, um, we've been using some introduction slides that we can share with one another in a way that makes it a little more personal um, and that we can also reference later so that in case we forgot who those people were, we can go back and see who's in our community. And then we always follow that connection with some kind of a learning or practice application. So something new, maybe we're going to read an article together. Maybe we're going to hear from another team about what Um, they've been working on. um, And then whatever that thing is, we make sure there's a little bit of time to think about what would that look like in my setting? And if it's a new skill, trying it out, you know, a new language or a new tool. Um, And then we always make sure that we spend some time on coaching the coach. So this is the part I think you're referring to, um, that chance to sit with somebody who is a skilled coach and a a skilled coach who's developing their skill as a coach um, to do a little bit of what feels pretty meta, (laughs) Um, talking with somebody about what's on your mind and coaching someone who is talking to you about something that's on their mind related to coaching. So coaches are learning from each other about um, what's on people's mind And they're also learning from each other by seeing someone model coaching. So yes, that's a very intentional part of our time together. And we've organized it in several ways. Sometimes it's just a pairing and you'll have a coaching conversation with a, with a partner. 
Um, and sometimes it's kind of a fishbowl where a couple people have a coaching conversation and the others observe that conversation and debrief it later. So it's great, a great way to see what it looks like um, to see a colleague who in action do, doing that work. And then we always close out our time together with some, um, some kind of inspiration and gratitude and feedback, um, which informs the next forum. It's such a wonderful format. And I think would be so useful for folks who maybe don't have an organization like DCNTP that they could still within their district, or they could gather coaches of their area and bring them together. And if they used just what you outlined as a way to set things up, they would have a really successful experience. And I think people would want to keep coming back to it because they would be getting exactly what they needed from it. I think so. I, I really think um, over the years, this kind of agenda has um, found its way into a lot of different organizations and a lot of different trials. And so it's field tested. <laughs> and um, the, the most important thing is that it's coaches talking to other coaches. You know, I mean, that's, that's just the best part. It's anytime we get professionals together, when people can talk to their people about their work, it's, um, it's really important. And this kind of a flow also helps us stay away from um, keeping venting as the, as the focus, which, um, you know, the more we're learning about that, the more we're learning that venting can cause um, cortisol. And when cortisol is released, it shuts down our brains from thinking in, um, in the more um, problem-solving ways that help us get out of those situations causing cortisol in the first place. So this kind of supports that as well, that movement forward. And I just love the, the fact that you can get so much out of it, whether you're being coached, whether you're doing the coaching, whether you're watching, observing coaching, because I do think it's, for some of us, it is not me, but for some people, it is already how they operate a little bit. You know, they are not jump in and fix it people. They're, they're good at listening and holding space. But for those of us that just want to fix problems for people, it's really <laughs> helpful to watch someone who's good at simply listening and reflecting back what they're hearing like that to me was so powerful because it made me realize that that's more useful than me telling you what I think you should do you know like feeling how that happened when I was the one being coached was like oh so I'm shutting people down when I start to suggest what they might do like, that was a very powerful thing for me particularly early on I think I got better at reining myself in the longer that I was coaching, but my first response is definitely like, I just want to problem solve for people. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably what most of us uh, default to. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of problems to solve. And so we'd like to fix it. And it, it feels good when we feel like we can come up with a solution and everybody who's um, a coach or a mentor has been selected because um for the most part, they were great teachers. Mm -hmm. And so as teachers, if you're, so, if you're selected because you were a great teacher, that 
might make you think, oh, that means people think I have a lot to say to other people. I better get in there and say it. And it turns out, actually, that's not so much what coaching is. There's a little of that for sure. There's some modeling and um, some side-by-side you know, sharing of ideas and things. And also there's just, just this really important identity shift that you're describing that um, we, we move away from um, students as our very own students to coaching an adult whose students are not our students. And so it, how do we coach them to be their very best um, means it's, I'm not going to own those students. I'm going to own the conversation I'm having with someone else who's growing. That's a pretty big identity shift. And that I think ties in greatly at the last episode that Laura and I just recorded was about coaching. It's not about fixing people. It's about helping them grow, but not, you know, they're not broken. We don't need to fix them. We are helping them reach a goal that they want to reach. Boy, and that is so true. Um, and it's kind of, that fixing is kind of a trap that coaches find themselves in sometimes because they get asked to meet with somebody who's struggling. And so then it feels like you're at, I'm being asked to meet with someone who's struggling. So it's expected that after a conversation or two, they'll be cured of whatever struggle they had. And it's just not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you. Um, taking your time to be with us here. Before I let you go, um, is there any advice that you have for coaches who are looking for opportunities to be coached? What, what could they do? You know, who might they reach out to? Yeah. Um, well, for any of your listeners who belong to the Dane County New Teacher Project, um, I would say for sure, reach out to us and we can see about um, making something like that happen. You know, we've had some small groups branch off even from this forum and develop their own little coaching circle and um, coaching each other. So there are some great ways to do it. Um, and if people, um, are not members, or even if they are, another way is to just um, be be open, eyes and ears, and um, see who you can find, someone you respect, who you feel um, would be a, a great confidant and uh, could give you some perspectives. There is something pretty wonderful about finding someone to coach you who isn't from your own district. Um, you know, it just offers perspectives you hadn't considered before. Yeah. I love that. I love someone who doesn't, doesn't have any sense of really the politics or a stake in anything, really being able to provide a, a lens that doesn't have any, obviously it has some bias, but it doesn't have like the, this is how we do things here. This is what things are like here bias brought with it. Yeah. And I'd say, um, you know, if whenever I'm looking for a coach um, for someone else or, or someone I can visit with to have a coaching conversation, I'm looking for somebody who's not going to tell me what to do. So um, not all coaching is, is designed that way. And sometimes people are hired as a coach who's going to come in and tell people how to do a new curriculum or, you know, how to roll something out. And I'm not, I'm for my own self, 
Um, not so interested in that. That's just different kind of different kind of coaching that may have its place. Um, that's a little different than what I'm looking for. Well, again, thank you so much, Heather. It was wonderful to get to chat with you and we really appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners will have learned quite a lot from this conversation. It's a joy to talk with you, Nicole. Thank you so much. As always, at the end of each episode, we're going to ask you to share a piece of insider knowledge that you've gained in your coaching experience. Please share them with us on our social, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or check us out on our website, Insider Coaching for Educators with the number four. See you next episode.